Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today on The Details, Zespri's radical plan to halt the explosion of illegally grown kiwi fruit in China. Zespri's lost control of their variety in China. LYP has been taken to China. They've planted our kiwi fruit in China. Yeah, we stole it off them. Well, guess what? They're stealing it back. Rogue growers in China are producing nearly $1 billion worth of sun gold without permission. Zespri's now in that situation scrambling, trying to find a way out. And this is the way out. Zespri, the country's sole exporter of kiwi fruit, announced that it is to partner with a state-run Chinese company to buy sun gold fruit grown illicitly in China. That's right, Zespri, which owns the rights to sun gold, wants to trial a commercial deal that will put its sticker on their unlicensed fruit. It would go through monitoring, it would go through a post-harvest facility for packing and we would take it through into some dedicated retail outlets and some of it will be branded as Zespri, not all of it. But first, the Sun Gold growers here have to agree to it and some aren't happy about it. Of course we're very nervous about China, we're very nervous about that situation. Many other companies have gone there and fallen the same way as we appear to be. That's Michael Franks, head of Kiwi Fruit Grower and Packhouse Seeker. More on his take soon. But first, journalist Richard Rennie writes for Farmers Weekly and other agribusiness publications. Zespri have found themselves on, on the horns of a dilemma because they found that there's a lot of it illegally grown gold kiwi fruit now in place in China, in the uh, Sichuan province, and only likely to grow further. I've heard numbers anywhere between 4,000 and 5,500 hectares, which is significant um, given New Zealand has about 6,500 hectares of sun gold ourselves in place, so rapidly chasing us for area. So Zespri sort of found themselves in a position where, well, how do we manage this? Because it's uh, the cats that are out of the bag a bit, and we're likely to play a game of whack-a-mole trying to take out different orchards that are growing. I don't need to find other ones will pop up over time. And in a case of probably trying to keep um, your friends closer, maybe your enemies closer, they're taking a line that if we can educate growers in that area on how to grow fruit to Zespri specs and uh, parameters for growth, growing and taste and handling and marketing, then that's possibly going to be a more manageable option than it growing wholesale, um, unfettered, uh, variable quality and affecting the whole perception of the Sun Gold brand that they've worked hard to build up over time. How would it actually work? I mean, I'm reading that the Chinese growers, so they're already growing the Sun Gold. They're actually mm. growing it illegally. Yeah, and there's a bit of a story even behind behind that, Sharon, because it's it's come from a Chinese grower in New Zealand, Hao Gao and his wife, who took cuttings to China. A court case followed that. The courts ruled in our favour. Carol Ward is Zespri's chief growing officer. That the grower who took our variety to China has been ruled against them. $15 million of damages were awarded, of which Zespri and growers haven't seen anything paid yet. And that's now going through an appeal. It's going through the legal process. He's now in China and reportedly still propagating the cuttings for, for sale. So now we're saying, what is the way that we can manage the spread of our variety in China? And we think working with the Chinese industry and with the government is our best approach and gives us the best chance of success. So Zespri is going to give them technology 
and advice to supply mm. up to 200,000 trays in the first trial? Yeah, and, and I think a total amount quote is around about 1.9 million trays over three years. For a bit of context, New Zealand growers this year were expected to grow 180 million trays, of which about 100 million for the first time sun gold will exceed green. So, yeah, it, it, it's a small amount in, in context, but yes, compared to the amount that's already growing over there, a, a fair bit could swing on this trial and where it goes. For Zespri's plan to work, it really would result in New Zealand exporting its intellectual property. Michael Franks again. Harvest maturity, handling protocols, how we condition the fruit, the way that we handle the fruit carefully to deliver it to the market in tip-top quality. Zespri are proposing that by bringing in the um, intellectual property around growing the fruit, because it is, it is a fruit that can crop very heavily when it's grown well, and New Zealand growers have got very good at getting a lot out of this fruit. So you're not only getting a high-value fruit, but you're getting a high-yielding fruit, 15,000 trays compared to maybe 10 or 11 on a green crop. So there's the growing smarts around it. There's the smarts on knowing when to harvest the fruit. So it's an optimal consumable condition when it gets to market. And then there's the whole intellectual property and technology around handling that fruit. So it um, goes to market in the best possible form it can be. That's the sort of um, intellectual rights, if you like, that will be traded in the process of getting a better standard of fruit grown in China with a Zespri label on it. Effectively what it is, is Zespri actually spending money on showing Chinese growers who are illegally growing the sun gold how Mm. to make Mm. their fruit better. Yeah, with with a view that that fruit could become a source of -of out-of-season supply for Zespri, something they've been working on in the last few years is to secure year-round shelf space. The reasoning being, if you've got the shelf space there, you really want to guard it and keep it it's sacred um, when, when you're a, a minor fruit in the market. Yeah. And if you can keep that, that space filled all year round, you're not only keeping your fruit out in the market, but you're also meeting a consumer expectation that you, know, you can get kiwi fruit any time of, or any fruit any time of the year. So with that in mind, Zespri have already developed strong supply lines with the likes of growers in Italy supplying gold kiwi fruit off-season and similarly green coming out of France and Greece now these days too. And back to the sun gold, this trial, because we have to emphasise it is a trial at this stage. And also the growers here are going to vote on it before it goes ahead. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a vote in June and... The word, just amongst a bit of a, a snapshot of growers that I, I've done, is it, it seems to be spread pretty widely what grower sentiment is about it. Zespri have acknowledged, there, yes, there is risk in, in going ahead with this trial, um, but there's also significant risk in not going ahead as well and leaving these um, crops to grow at a pretty much willy-nilly through assorted orchards through, through China, yeah. Last year, the kiwifruit exporter Zespri, it estimated that unlawful Chinese plantings of the top-selling fruit had doubled in just six months and they were sitting at around 4,000 hectares, but it now believes at least 5,500 hectares are in the ground in China. 
I did a few sums on it, and say if they had 5,000 hectares of the sun gold, and it's currently worth around $160,000 per hectare. Well, I worked out there's about a billion dollars worth of illegally grown sun gold Mm. out there at the moment in China. That sounds about right. I was thinking the same numbers this morning, and it's starting to chase chase the the total value of New Zealand's gold crop in that respect. Having said it, it's a crop that would be harvested in August, so it's not quite the same time, but there is some, Zespri's own documents indicate that about 30% of New Zealand's crop would still be in market when the, when the Chinese fruit hits the market. So that over 100 million trays, it suggests there's 30 million trays still to come to market, and you're also now competing with uh, Chinese fruit of the same colour and ostensibly flavour and everything else also uh, coming onto the market alongside you. Is that really what you want? So can you just explain to me though, Richard, you know, so in December last year, there were stories that Zespri had signed a memorandum of intent with a Sichuan-based company to provide uh, technology and advice to Chinese growers of kiwifruit vines that were stolen from Zespri. And this was going to be right. a three-year trial. But then Kiwi Fruit New Zealand, which regulates Zespri, said it wouldn't approve the proposal. So what what has happened in the meantime that, that Zespri is able to take the next step? Yeah, Sharon, Kiwi Fruit New Zealand, who sort of are the over oversight body for Zespri because they have to have something like that given that they've got a legal mandate to be the single desk seller. Uh, they, they ruled that there was too much risk to New Zealand growers in this venture. There were three key areas that Kiwifruit New Zealand cited. The first one was um, the risk of brand reputation and customer perception. Zespri have come back and said, well, they are putting in pre and post harvest standards and protocols, 100% residue testing, recognised sales channels are going to be used. The second one was the concerns over the transfer of orchard and post harvest expertise or IP, if you like, we talked about earlier. They're basically undertaking that Zespri staff are going to manage and retain all trial data and tech specifications and restrict and limit access to technical materials, try and control that leakage, if you like. And the third one was um, that it may affect the relationship with government stakeholders and Zespri and in response is saying, well, to mitigate that risk, we're going to have open and transparent dialogue, um, regular engagement with both local and central government and a, a broader program of engagement with the government officials as well. We've worked through a process to say, can we, can we manage the situation? Is there a legal avenue for us? Is there a political avenue? Is there a commercial avenue? So we think now the best avenue for us is a proposing a trial to work with the Chinese industry, to work with the Chinese government as the best approach to manage that spread of our sun gold in China. How difficult is it to control the counterfeit market? Yeah, well, I, I said to a grower this morning, is it any different to growing the same fruit in Italy? Which they do very well. And he said, yes, but this is China. And yeah, I think there is an acknowledgement there that um, you can have all the protection that you like. And they do have supercharged IP protection now, which is equivalent to what does the likes of Disney and Nike had as, as a key trademark protection, it's called. Yeah. So there is that. But is that enough? Uh, I would probably be 
surprised if it was enough, having seen fruit sold in, in China and myself with labels that are so similar to Zespri, you've you really got to put your glasses on to tell the difference. Is that right? There. You've seen what? Selling in trays and stores like our equivalent of a four square or a fruit shop. And that does keep a legal team pretty occupied in China. Like I said, it's another game of whack-a-mole. <laughs> get rid of one, another one pops up. Partly a function of success and the, the Zespri brand has become established. It's well known. It's, it's almost aspirational in terms of buying fruit for gifts or for your family in China. And here we have, ironically, the Chinese, <laughs> where we got kiwi fruit from originally, copying it. Yeah, It's a bit of a delicious irony. <laughs> Very much. Is it? Yeah, we stole it off them. Well, guess what? They're stealing it back. <laughs> Although with, a, with, with some considerable IP variations to the fruit. But I think this is all part of what makes it quite a fascinating industry when you, you look at what the sector's come through even in the last decade with PSA. And um, that was the, the golden fruit was the fruit that took the biggest hit with the PSA disease. And then within 18 months, we had a complete change out of crop to a new variety, which proved to be tolerant and and equally or arguably even more successful in terms of taste profile and consumer acceptance. And and here we are, you know, suddenly it's, it's almost a $2 billion fruit. So you're talking about sun gold here, because I was going to ask you, what makes it so special? The fruit that was hit so hard by PSA, Hort 16A, was a, it was a different fruit. It had an even sweeter taste profile. It, it didn't always handle as well. It had a funny little beak on it, which was more pronounced. And then its replacement was the, the Sun Gold variety, um, Gold 3, and proven to have a, a, a slightly different taste profile. Maybe there's a bit more um, acidity in there. It seems to go equally well with both European and Asian consumers. Yeah, quite a success story, uh, sort of from the ashes, almost literally. You've been doing stories on Zespri for a long, long time, and you say that over the years you've seen the, the good, bad and ugly of Zespri. I guess it's, it's, it's like any, any large organisation when you are the organisation for the market, and, and you could you could almost apply the same to Fonterra with experiences over its lifetime. You're always going to stand up the highest and take the biggest hits when things go wrong. For, for Zespri, you could say that the ugly was probably the um, issues around the importation of fruit into China. About this is going back about eight years or so. The country's kiwi fruit marketer is involved in an investigation by Chinese customs authorities over alleged attempts to evade customs duties. Zespri has confirmed that in June, one of its four independent agents working in China was arrested. But the Zespri spokesperson, Dave Courtney, says contrary to other media reports, no fruit has been seized as a result of the, of the arrest and the season is continuing as planned. So these are people who are not employed by Zespri? and one of them has been arrested and is under investigation for not paying customs duties. That was probably the ugly, but the good that came out of that was sticking their hand up saying, yeah, we didn't do this properly, putting together a committee of experts, uh, actually called it the China Committee, which still stands and I think has Sir John Key on it, to try and get things right there. And to all, all accounts they have, they became a lot more transparent about dealings. They became the exporter of records. That means they pretty much had control of the fruit right through the process. And I guess the bad was PSA going back to 2010. 
A $40 million government payout has stopped a Supreme Court legal battle due to start on Monday. Kiwifruit growers have been fighting for years to hold the government accountable for a devastating outbreak of the PSA disease. More than 200 growers were involved in the kiwifruit claim. The fallout from PSA resulted in hundreds of millions of dollars in losses. But the class action settled for much less than that. Those growers will get a 62% slice of $40 million, falling well short of what they lost. An industry where for, for a year pretty much lost all your gold fruit production because it had to be either chopped out or replaced with um, a new variety, which in itself was a major scientific effort to find a PSA-tolerant version in a very short window of time, and they did. Was, mm. Out of thousands of different... Um, specimens they found the one that was the most tolerant um, to something that had pretty much taken out its predecessor altogether. Yeah. I gather that growers here and I suppose we should well, the other thing that really surprised me is that they actually have to pay four hundred thousand dollars for the right to grow sun gold. Every year there's been a tender for 750 hectares of gold fruit and every year you tend to buy the rights to acquire and grow the sun gold per hectare and once you've bought it, you've bought it so it's embedded in the value of that, that orchard and every year the price of that's gone up. If you go back about six, seven years, I think it was about $7,000 a hectare. And there was some thought around what this trial might mean for those values because that, that's obviously a valuable form of revenue for Zespri mm. at uh, $400,000 at 700-odd hectares a year is a pretty sizey chunk of income to the organisation, which gets paid back to growers as, as a dividend. So I guess the issue is what would undermine that value would Chinese fruit with a Zespri label on it being sold in China undermine the value of New Zealand fruit? There's, there's a bigger issue at play there. Well, it will depend upon the quality of that fruit, how consumers perceive it. Are they going to consider it any less? I mean, they're already buying, you could argue, they are already buying fruit for part of the year that comes from Italy. And unless you look really close, I think the label would say um, you wouldn't know because mm. it's grown to a Zespri standard. It is a bit of a dilemma. If, if, it, if, it, if that fruit comes onto the market without Zespri approval and give or take 30% of the New Zealand crop still on the market as the Chinese fruit ripens and it's not to Zespri standard, it's a poor quality, a consumer is going to be wise enough to perceive that and just avoid it anyway. Maybe they will. And one grower I spoke to this morning said, look, he said, I, I think they should just live well alone, stay out of it, let them grow the fruit. It'll, it'll increase awareness of the gold kiwi fruit market as a whole. But because it's New Zealand, because New Zealand fruit is going to be of a certain standard that they're not acquired to meet if we stay out of it, we will continue to get the premium. So it could be the first time judging by the trepidation at the moment among grower owners, it could be the first time that they vote against a, a Zespri proposal. Mm. Yeah, what well, could be, yeah. Generally, what Zespri sees as needing, growers will follow. This time, I'm told it's all over the spectrum, mm. for and against. In your time covering, and you're very close to this, I mean, you're basically surrounded by kiwifruit orchards, aren't you? <laughs> What yeah. what do you make of this plan? I mean, it, you know, from the outside, it just seems really out there. Yeah. But 
yeah. from your yeah. coverage of Zespri. It's almost counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah, counterintuitive, exactly. So in the history of Zespri, would this be one of the most radical plans that it's undertaken? Yeah, I think so. Given experience with China initially was pretty rocky, when I interviewed Peter McBride, who stepped down as chairman of Zespri and is now chairman of Fonterra, and, and I said uh, about the experience it had in China initially around the issues around fraud and people going to jail. And I said, oh, you know, what percentage of New Zealand firms do you think will be affected by bad experiences in China? And he said, oh, probably 100% <laughs> the first time up. There wouldn't be many that haven't. And he's probably right when you know, everybody's had a degree of it to some extent. But having said it, that relationship's matured a lot over time. There's a lot a lot of trust between the two, two countries and the Zespri as an entity. And I guess I try to put myself been surrounded by Kiwi Fruit, imagining if I was a grower, how would I vote? And it's quite hard. I, I tend to think I probably would vote in support because there's so much of this fruit already growing out there. It's probably going to happen anyway. You know, there's going to be knockoffs of your brand and everything because there has been before. You do wonder, is there an expectation of Chinese authorities for Zespri to invest to some level in this? in order to make it almost an implicit requirement that to make it easier, it, we could make it easier for you. Mm. We could facilitate a pathway for you to link up with these growers, but generally quite small, almost subsistence growers who are doing this. And this is, this is a valuable part of their income. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Alexia Russell produced this episode. Jeremy Ansell engineered it. And thanks to Richard Rennie. Kakite. Kakite.